Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Hey everyone, konnichiwa, Nikki Young here, back with my true crime podcast series, Serial Napper. Tonight, I'm covering a very famous Canadian case that you may have heard about. It's arguably one of the most famous Canadian true crime cases from back in the day. I'm taking you all the way back to Hamilton, Ontario, to talk about Evelyn Dick, a Canadian woman convicted of murder until her pardon in 1985. Her trials remain among the most sensationalized events in Canadian criminal history. Before we jump into the case, I want to talk specifically to my listeners from Hamilton because I know you're out there. I have the stats to prove it. Listen to this case carefully because I have a really fun real life scavenger hunt that will follow. Use your phone to find hidden clues that I've left all around Hamilton related to the Evelyn Dick case. For anyone who participates in this fun true crime scavenger hunt, you'll have the opportunity to win a very exclusive Don't Be a Dahmer t-shirt. All of these details will be coming soon, but this is something that you're not going to want to miss out on. If you're not in Hamilton, Ontario, don't feel too jealous. I'm going to be offering all of my listeners the opportunity to win your very own Don't Be a Dahmer t-shirt. The graphic on this shirt was designed by the same badass chick who designed my podcast art, so you know it's going to be good. Shout out to Linda Doyle, you rock girl. Anyway, that's all I have on that subject for now, but I promise in a few days, all will be revealed. I'm super stoked about it. Okay, let's get into it. Evelyn Dick was born on October 13th in 1920 to Scottish immigrants Donald and Alexandra McLean. The first year of her life was spent living in Beamsville, Ontario, before her father accepted a job working for the Hamilton Street Railway as a streetcar conductor. The family moved to 214 Roslyn Avenue in Hamilton, which would become a place where some very horrific things would happen later. Evelyn's upbringing wasn't the best. It's said that her father was an alcoholic and her mother had a terrible temper. Her household was full of arguing, shouting, and tension between her parents. Actually, they didn't spend a whole lot of time together. Evelyn spent most of her time alone. She didn't have many friends as a child. Her parents felt that she was too fragile to be out playing with the neighborhood kids, and so they kept her very sheltered. We all know that terrible things can result from sheltering a child too much, 
and Evelyn was no exception. Both Donald and Alexander McLean had wanted to fit in with the high society of town. In fact, they did quite well for themselves financially. They always had large amounts of money in the bank, and it was suggested at one point that maybe the father was stealing money from his company. Overall, the family just tried to live a better life than they had in Scotland, even if it was only by appearance. One way that they tried to do this was by enrolling Evelyn into a prestigious private school where only the elite of Hamilton attended. The school was called Loretto Academy, and it was an all-girls school. It has since been torn down, but it used to be a beautiful historical building that you just knew had to be extremely expensive for those who attended. Evelyn tried to gain friendships using money. She went to lavish parties and threw them herself at the Royal Connaught Hotel, and she would buy gifts for those she wanted to like her. Unfortunately, it never really worked. She never really had any legit friendships. She was quite different from the other girls that attended her school. She was incredibly beautiful, which could have made the other girls jealous, but it was rumored that she spent a little too much time in the company of older men, particularly at the racetracks. Of course, this is nowhere for a proper young lady to be. Now, the reputation that Evelyn had gained was affirmed in 1942 when she gave birth to a baby girl that she named Heather. Evelyn was 22 years old at the time, which is an appropriate age to have a child. However, she was now an unwed mother, which would have been largely frowned upon at the time. But it was okay, Evelyn reassured everyone, as she stated that she was actually married to a man who was stationed overseas. He was the father of the baby. Therefore, she wasn't acting improperly. The only detail she gave of this man was that his last name was White. Later, it would be confirmed that this man never actually existed. There was zero record of him. In 1944, Evelyn became pregnant again and gave birth to a baby boy named Peter. However, when she returned home from the hospital, the baby was not with her, and friends and neighbors began to ask questions. She told everyone that, since she was already a single mother with a child, she had made the difficult decision to give Peter up for adoption. No further questions were asked. Now, Fast forward to 1945. Baby Heather is now three years old. Evelyn's mother, Alexandra, has separated from her father, Donald. So, the three decided to move into an apartment together in downtown Hamilton. About a month after moving into the apartment, Evelyn kind of surprised everyone by announcing that she was engaged to be married to a man named John Dick and she was going to marry him in just two weeks' time. Her mother wasn't even aware that anyone was courting her. Actually, Evelyn had never made mention of this man at all. Nonetheless, on October 4th, 1945, Evelyn and John were married at the Church of the Ascension. It is said that Evelyn's parents refused to attend the wedding. While Evelyn was excited to marry John because she thought he was wealthy, 
her parents completely disapproved of the marriage. John Dick was born in 1906. He was 15 years older than Evelyn. He had moved to Hamilton two years prior to meeting her, and before that, he had moved to Canada with his family from Russia. John was absolutely smitten with Evelyn from the moment he saw the very beautiful woman who claimed she was a widow and that her husband had died in the war. John was a Hamilton Street Railway conductor, like Evelyn's father. And strange as it seemed, John and Evelyn had been married for almost a month before they actually began to live together. She decided to remain in her apartment with her mother and Heather, telling John that there simply wasn't enough room for all of them to live there. Of course, this really bothered John, and eventually Evelyn decided to buy a home on Carrick Avenue for the family. But the weird part about this was that John Dick's name wasn't on the mortgage, and it's believed that he didn't put any of the deposit money down. It was only Evelyn herself who bought the home. The couple argued a lot, and it wasn't long until they separated. Evelyn began to realize that John wasn't as wealthy as she initially thought he was. So, she began leaving baby Heather at home with John and going out to fancy parties to meet other men. By all accounts, everyone who saw and knew them, the relationship was stormy and it ended quickly. According to Time magazine, only five days after her marriage, she committed adultery. John moved out of the home and he moved in with his cousin. He was completely heartbroken over the separation. However, Evelyn really just appeared unfazed by everything. Now, that should have been the end of it, but it wasn't. Not by a long shot. On March 16, 1946, a gruesome discovery is made by a group of five children. While playing down the side of Hamilton's escarpment, or what locals call the mountain, they found what they initially thought was a headless pig amongst some of the brush. Upon closer examination, the discovery was actually something much more gruesome. It was the torso of an adult male. The torso had a wound across the abdomen, as if someone had tried to cut it in half. The head, the arms, and the legs were nowhere to be found. As you can imagine, this hit the news quite quickly. Things like this simply didn't happen in Hamilton at the time. People were terrified. Was there some sadistic murderer out there just running around, cutting people up? This is the food subscription service I've been waiting for. Individual servings of fresh, never-frozen meals ready to go in just two minutes so that I can enjoy a restaurant-quality meal without having to go out. I received my first order of Factors Delicious Ready-to-Eat Meals yesterday, and I'm thoroughly impressed. I went with their vegan plus veggie plan because I've been trying to add more vegetables to my day, but they have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. The vegan mushroom marsala to die for. So fresh and flavorful, and all I had to do was pop it in the oven for five minutes before eating. 
I'm all about convenience and eating on the go because I have a really busy schedule, but I don't want to eat fast food every day. Factors meals are perfectly portioned for me and ready to heat without prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And the math is mathing. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. They also offer flexible plans that allow you to choose your meals every week and pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime you need to. And now you, my listeners, have the opportunity to try Factor's restaurant-quality meals at a great deal. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right. 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. When John's cousin, Alexander Kammerer, heard the news of the discovery of the torso, he went into the police station because he was worried that it might be related to the disappearance of John. According to his cousin, John had actually been missing since March 6th, shortly after separating from his wife, Evelyn. He had simply vanished without a trace. He hadn't gone to work. He hadn't contacted any of his friends or family. His cousin's hunch turned out to be accurate. 
and identification of the remains by doctors and a positive ID by family led police to the conclusion that they had found the remains of John Dick. Police had heard about the tumultuous, short-lived marriage between John and Evelyn, so it was time to bring Evelyn into the station for questioning to see if she had any information that might help. When they told her that they had confirmed that the torso was to be that of her late husband, John, they expected to see a woman in tears, distraught, horrified. But Evelyn simply remarked, don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. Next, she told a story of an Italian hitman who may be responsible. This hitman had apparently showed up at her door looking for John, saying that he was going to quote-unquote fix him for messing around with his wife. The man never gave a name to Evelyn, of course, so she didn't know who he was. This story was ludicrous, and the police knew it. So they let Evelyn go, but they continued their investigation, and they had their eyes set exactly on her. Police had discovered that Evelyn had borrowed a large Picard car from a man named Bill Landeg. When Landeg received the car back from Evelyn, the front seat was covered in blood. The seat covers had also been removed, and there was a pile of bloody clothing in the trunk. Instead of cleaning up the mess, Evelyn had left a note on the car saying that her daughter Heather had cut herself, and that's why there was such a bloody mess. I guess DNA forensics weren't too bad back then because police were able to determine that it was the same blood type as John Dick. So police brought Evelyn in again for questioning. This time, her strange story about the Italian hitman became more elaborate. She explained that the Italian hitman hadn't come to the door, but he had called her and told her that John had made a woman pregnant and that he was going to get what was coming to him. This man on the phone then asked her to meet, so she borrowed a car and went to meet him. When Evelyn met this man, he had a large sack with him that he said contained part of John. Next, according to her story, Evelyn drove this man and his cargo to the dumping site at the mountain. Obviously, this seemed, once again, like another unlikely scenario. It just didn't make sense to police. So, the police had a question. Wasn't she alarmed when she discovered that her husband was in pieces in a sack in this vehicle? To which she calmly replied that she wasn't happy, but it was a pretty mean trick to break up a home, referring to the supposed woman who Dick had allegedly impregnated. She had no emotion when it came to the demise of her husband. Later, Evelyn would once again change her statement. This time, in a signed statement, she said that the Italian hitman was hired by Bill Bohozuk. Now, who was Bill? Bill worked as a steel worker in Hamilton. He was also a member of the Hamilton Leander Boat Club. Evelyn had met Bill one night while walking out of a restaurant, five days after her and John had gotten married. They went out to a movie, and Evelyn ended up spending the night at Bill's house. Remember when I said Evelyn had an affair just five days after marrying John? Well, this is when she met Bill. So in the second statement about Bill, Evelyn said he had paid Italian hitmen $200 to get rid of her husband, John. In a third statement that was to come, 
She told the detectives that Bill was the one who had killed John and that she was in the car with them driving when Bill had shot John. Evelyn had so many different versions of the truth that it was incredibly difficult to tell what was real. She was a notorious liar. She was incredibly cold and emotionless. When she was examined by a psychiatrist, it was determined that she had the mental capacity of a 13-year-old girl, although the diagnosis was surprising to many who knew her to be extremely intelligent and manipulative. While all of this was happening, Evelyn is giving her statements and turning on Bill. Investigators went to Evelyn and John's home on Carrick Avenue to search for clues, or perhaps more pieces of John. In a trunk in the attic, they made a gruesome discovery. No, it wasn't John, but it was a beige suitcase filled with concrete with the remains of baby boy Peter, who Evelyn had said had been given up for adoption after birth. Faced with this turn of events and having been told that Bill had been brought in for questioning, Evelyn told yet another story. This time, she said that Bill had murdered the child along with John. But there was no evidence to support this. And in fact, when police searched the McLean family home where Evelyn grew up and where her father Donald still lived, they found incriminating evidence like a bullet hole in a pipe, a revolver and cartridges, saws, and bloodstained shoes that were almost certainly John's. At that time, Evelyn Dick, Bill Bohozak, and Donald McLean were charged with the murder of John Dick. The trial was to be one of the biggest media frenzies that Hamilton had ever seen. Crowds turned up all around the courthouse, with people dying to catch a glimpse of the beautiful Evelyn in the flesh. A beautiful young female convict, how unusual. Although there wasn't any evidence to show that she had killed her husband, there was evidence to show that she had some knowledge and participated in some capacity. During her first trial, Evelyn was found guilty of John Dick's murder. She was sentenced to hang. Although she may not have killed John with her own hands, and truth be told, nobody really knew if she had or hadn't, Evelyn was guilty by participating in the planning and carrying out of the crime, which was enough to find her guilty of murder under this particular law. Bill Bohosuk and Donald McLean, Evelyn's father, actually had a joint trial. Bill walked because Evelyn was the only witness, and she had actually refused to testify against him. Donna McLean was found to be guilty as an accessory after the fact, and sentenced to five years in prison. It is actually believed that he had a huge role in dismembering John, and only did so after an argument ensued. John had went to Donald after Evelyn was convinced she was going to leave him and had begged him to convince Evelyn to stay with him. But Donald never liked him anyway, so he refused, and John actually threatened to turn Donald in for stealing company money over the years. This is when some sort of plan was hatched to get rid of John once and for all. Evelyn actually went on to hire a new lawyer, and she had her case appealed. The verdict was overturned because her new lawyer was able to argue that Evelyn's statements to police were improperly admitted into evidence, 
and that the trial judge had not properly instructed the jury. She was never charged with anything else related to John Dick's murder. However, Evelyn was found guilty of manslaughter for the death of her baby boy, Peter, and sentenced to life in Kingston Penitentiary. In 1958, just 11 years later, Evelyn Dick was paroled, and on November 10, 1958, she was released from prison. Evelyn was given a new name, and she was able to start a completely new life. In 1985, Evelyn was actually granted a pardon, which meant that she no longer had to report to the parole board, and her file was sealed forever. So what was to come of Evelyn? Nobody really knows. It's speculated that she went on to start a new life with her new identity. She remarried and she went on to have even more children. To this day, no one has ever been convicted in the murder of John Dick. That's it for tonight's case. Hamilton, Ontario, are you ready to dive in a little bit deeper to the Evelyn Dick case? Stay tuned for a true crime scavenger hunt that you're going to love. Find every clue, there's six of them, and you'll be entered to win a Don't Be a Dahmer t-shirt. More details are coming shortly, but I hope you'll participate. We could all use a little more fun in our lives right now, right? If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. That's S-E-R-I-A-L-N-A-P-P-E-R. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper. Or I'm on YouTube. If you look for me by username, it's Nikki Young Serial Napper, all one word. Hey, whatever app you're listening to me on, I would love, love, love if you could leave me a review. It is literally the best way to support me. So if you could just give me a second and leave me a review and rate me, I would love it. Okay, until next time. Don't be a Dahmer.